This is Ron Stockton. Today is August 6, 2021. It is the six-month anniversary of my podcast series. This podcast has been far more successful than I could ever have imagined. I will tell you about that in a minute. But first, I want to discuss how this podcast came about. When I stepped down from teaching in December 2020, it was a big loss to me. I was a professor, and what will I be if I am no longer in the classroom? I had taught my first class in 1964 in Kenya, where Jane and I lived for two years. Those two years and our time in Machako School were a wonderful time that shaped us and gave us experiences that we could never have imagined. I had spent my whole career in the classroom. I started at the University of Michigan-Dearborn in 1973, so when I stepped down, it had been 48 years. I was eligible to retire 15 years earlier, but my identity was as a professor and I could not imagine myself in any role other than that. I always said I would step down if any of three things happened. If I found a lecture boring and did not engage myself, if students stopped coming by after class to discuss issues with me, or if students stopped laughing at my jokes. When they don't laugh, you know either you've lost your touch or they are not following. I can honestly say that there was never a single first day of class that I did not go to the campus with some enthusiasm and sense of anticipation. But when I hit 80 and the dean offered a buyout to senior faculty who would step down, I agreed to do so. My philosophy is that if someone is offering you money to do what you were planning to do anyway, why not take it? When I announced this decision on Facebook, I got so much nice feedback from current and former students. It was really rewarding. And then my colleagues had a farewell party on Zoom that was also very nice. It was also a surprise. It reminded me of the Garrison Keillor story about a man in Lake Wobegon who died. Garrison said that people said so many nice things at his funeral that it was a shame he missed it by just three days. That was how I felt. But still, there was a loss. As I thought about the years since I hit 75, I realized that I had some of the most astonishing students I have ever had in that five-year period. I am very aware that there are amazing students out there now that I will never know. That is a real loss. But what to do with myself? My wife and my son said I should start a podcast. Several students chimed in to second the thought, but I was resistant. It sounded like a vanity project that would have no real impact. How would people even know that the podcast exists? But then my son's got some fancy recording equipment for me for Christmas. And my former student, Yasmin Kadu, who had her own successful podcast, Dearborn Girl, offered to help set me up. At that point, I was trapped and agreed to go forward. And I must say that Jane was always a positive force. She has always been my biggest booster, convinced that I had significant talent that I should share with others. Back in the early 80s, she was the one who convinced me to submit an op-ed piece to the Detroit Free Press. It became the first of many pieces that I had published in the Free Press, the News, and elsewhere. There are two major platforms for podcasts. I decided to go with Buzzsprout. I subscribed to that site, and it allows me six hours of posting a month, with an assurance that the podcast will be archived. One former student told me that she was glad that her daughter would get to hear some of the lectures that she heard as an undergraduate in my classes. In fact, her great-grandchildren can listen to the same lectures if they wish.
I must say I like podcasting. My friend taught me a philosophy of teaching that I have adopted for my own. Here it is. He says, I teach for free. They pay me to mark papers and go to meetings. That is life in the podcast world. I get to deliver lectures, but don't have to mark papers or go to meetings. Of course, I do miss the interaction and exchanges and feedback. I do miss Canvas chat, where students were expected to post a comment once a week on some topic that came up in class. I do miss the part of an essay paper, when students are asked to add a supplementary section called personal reaction. That is the point at which they can tell me that they disagree with my approach, or that their mind was blown away by some insight, or that they are upset or any, upset that even though they hate Osama bin Laden, they can see his logic in his declaration of war on the U.S. Okay, now for some data. Buzzsprout gives me three pieces of data, total downloads, countries where downloads occur, and locations where they occur. I have no way of identifying individual listeners. So to the one person in my hometown, I'm assuming you are my cousin, but I'm not certain. As of today, Stockton After Class has 15,900 plus downloads in 97 countries and 1,481 different locations. According to a rating agency, the Nielsen Rating of Podcasts, I was 33 on a ranking scale of 0 to 100, based on a review of 100,000 podcasts. Regarding the countries, 27% of downloads are in the U.S. That's not a surprise, but the podcast also has significant overseas listeners in Britain, Canada, Germany, Australia, New Zealand, Netherlands, Ireland, India, and Singapore. Uh, those are the top 10. There are also listeners in China, Iran, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Syria, Egypt, Gaza, and Israel, not to mention a lone listener in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, Genghis Khan's hometown. And of course, all the European countries are represented, Norway, Italy, Austria, Ukraine, and so forth. Regarding the locations of these downloads, the top 10 cities are Columbus, Ohio, Columbus, Hamtramck, Michigan, okay, H-O-U-G-H, Hof, Ohio, Atlanta, Dearborn Heights, Manhattan, Dearborn itself, Chicago, Inkster in the Detroit area, and Baltimore. Very often when I post something and check back to see where the first 50 downloads are, I see downloads in California, Oregon, Colorado, Florida, New Jersey, and Wisconsin, but only a few from the Detroit area where I live. I had initially assumed that most of the interest would be from my former students and from people who knew me. In fact, the interest is much broader. One pattern interests and pleases me. Hoff is 90% black community east of Cleveland, and Inkster is a mostly black city in Metro Detroit. I'm very happy that there are black listeners to this series. You are very welcome. I'm also pleased to have listeners in Gaza and Kiryas Joel, the Satmar Orthodox Enclave in New York, and the West Bank. You are also very welcome. Given my time allotment of six hours a month, for six months that means I have had 36 hours of time for podcasts. At this point, I have 55 episodes. Some are long, some are short. Among the short ones are some tips. How to access my publications on Deep Blue was under two minutes. Rules of Good Studenting was 14 minutes. And How I Write was 17. 
These were popular, but there were also some longer ones, over an hour. These were classroom lectures. Numerology was an hour and 15 minutes. Herzl was an hour and 13 minutes. Both of these had quite a few downloads. I have to say that the startup of the series owes a tip of the hat to the pandemic. Starting halfway through the winter semester of 2020, and then during the whole of the fall semester, we went to distance learning. I had to learn how to do Zoom literally overnight. Moreover, the university made a rule that these could not be live Zoom classes. They had to be recorded and then posted for student listening. I was never quite sure of the logic of this. Students might not be able to attend a regular Zoom class, I was told. To which I responded, but there are always students who can't make a class, and with the lectures posted, they could catch up with no trouble. I did not win that argument. The advantage of this Zoom requirement was that it provided me with a backlog of good lectures that I could turn into podcasts. The disadvantage was that some of those talks had me fumbling around to demonstrate something or the other, so the lectures were a bit choppy. But Zoom produces both a video and an audio. And within a few lectures, I had improved my techniques. Plus, when I got around to posting some of those lectures as podcasts, Jane was able to remove my mumblings and my side discussions with students about the readings and assignments. I'm not quite at the point of thanking the pandemic for its contribution, but I decided to begin posting lectures from my two signature classes, Religion and Politics, which I teach as a class in comparative politics, and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And I had some lectures from other classes not taught during that pandemic time that I could record fresh. The Israeli bombardment of Gaza in 2021 produced an explosion of interest. My talks on the Palestine War of 1948, the creation of Israel, the erasure of Palestine, had 1,146 downloads. Wow! The talk on three narratives about Israel had 1,061. Again, wow! The one on the 1936 Arab Revolt had 548. My former student and advisor Yasmin had told me that when I started posting on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the talks could go viral. And indeed they did. Others during that time were also very popular. But to be honest, I would be glad to give up a lot of popularity just to save a few of those lives. 243 Palestinians died, including 100 women and children. 12 Israelis died, including two children. Blah. The other major event that produced downloads was the impeachment. Back in 2020, I had delivered a public talk on understanding impeachment, but it was not recorded. I rewrote it and recorded it. I got 561 downloads, many from overseas. I guess the rest of the world was both interested and confused. I then did a follow-up talk on impeachment for insurrection. That was done before the final vote, focusing on some of the issues raised during the presentations. That got 295 downloads. As with the Gaza war, I really wish we did not have to go through those two events. One of the topics I like was to do profiles of personalities. I posted on Pete Seeger, General Westmoreland, Ariel Sharon, Rabbi Kahana, Nelson Mandela, Vernon Jordan, and my deceased colleague, Bernie Klein. Those tended to be personal, discussing my interaction with those people and my reaction to their lives. A few of my post postings focused on books I had read. Paradigm Lost focused upon the Israeli-Palestine conflict. Gilead was my favorite novel. Obama's memoir also got a posting. There will be more of those in the future. 
Some postings were totally original. The talk on replacement wars reports on a research project I did on violent white nationalism. I presented it to a conference and to students, but it is unpublished except in Deep Blue, where it got 75 downloads after three months. To be honest, that is more, many times more reads than I would have gotten in an academic journal. And I think this is a very important analysis. And it has 157 podcast downloads. I'm very pleased that something such as this can get such wide exposure. As you can tell, I have an interest in black themes. Nelson Mandela, Vernon Jordan, Barack Obama, black leaders, black intellectuals. There will be more coming. Um, I've been a bit personal in some postings. I've reported on myself and my family and my way of thinking. Our courtship, King's Mountain, reaction to Obama's election, grandfather stories. These are not just vanity postings. They're efforts to inform and educate and entertain. There will be more of these coming. Some listeners have told me how they listen. One listens during a daily run. Another listens while working in the kitchen. One listens while driving to work, half the podcast going and half coming home. And some just sit down and listen. One friend told me he had just started listening and kept going from one to another. He finally fell asleep at three o'clock in the morning. He had never had an advantage of a higher education, and he said he felt like he was now getting a college education without paying tuition. I really hope there are others like him. By far the most re rewarding feedback I received was from a third grade teacher in Wisconsin. She got a question from one of her students that she could not answer and turned to my podcast for help. Well, let's let her tell the story in her own words. This came in May during the bombardment of Gaza. Hello, I'm not sure that you'll receive this, as it says you have retired. However, on the slight chance you get this, I want you to know how important your podcasts have been to my education on Arab-Israeli relations. Thank you for putting your expertise out on the web for us to learn from. I am a third grade teacher, and last week we were talking about refugees. I teach reading and language arts through children's literature. The books I choose are culturally relevant and have social justice themes. Oh my gosh, don't we wish all of our kids would have this woman for a teacher? When I was done reading the book about two refugee girls, a student in my class asked, what do you think about what is happening in Israel and the Palestinians? I see a connection to that book. Wow, he's a Muslim from Kosovo, and I know his family watches Turkish news. I realized I had a marginal at best understanding of what was happening. I got to work, and your podcasts have been helpful, have been helping me get a firm background for understanding the current events now. I always want to give my students unbiased, accurate information so that they can draw their own conclusions. With this one, I was at a loss. I love that third graders want to talk about current events and make sense to their world. Thank you for helping me do that. You are a true philanthropist for the way you are willing to share your expertise and knowledge. I am fortunate to have found your podcast. Please keep sharing. Signed, your new fan. My least favorite feedback was posted on a comments page. It also had to do with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It was anonymous, but it paralyzed comments from someone who had been trolling me with hostile accusations. Of 30-some comments on that particular site, the overall rating was 4.9 out of 5. He gave me the only negative rating, which dropped me down from 5.0. 
In methodology, we call this a problem with intercoder reliability. That means one person is an outlier, often with bizarre standards or a bizarre political agenda. Here is the comment. Disclaimer. This podcast is from a Palestinian viewpoint. This podcast should be listened to along with a pro-Israeli podcast on the subject. The professor forgets his own advice to look at incidents in light of what has happened in the past. He focuses on Israeli problems and atrocities, trying to bring in personal stories only to admit at the end that it might not be relevant or true to the situation, but barely mentions the Holocaust background and the hatred for Jewish people that really set the stage and need for a Jewish state. He just assumes that there should be a state of Palestine, even though he admits that they were not cohesive, militarily capable, or independent any way, like Israel was when they declared statehood. His bias shows. Off to find a podcast on the other side. We call that apologia. Actually, though, I agree. If you want advocacy, this is not the place to find it. I'm a scholar and an educator. I well remember a few years ago when I was trying to explain an unpopular perspective to the satisfaction of someone who would hold that position. One of my students, a really good student, misunderstood and kept arguing with me as if I were presenting my own views. Finally, another student, very frustrated, turned to him and said, you can take every course he teaches and you will never know his personal position on a single issue. That may be an overstatement, but it reflects my strategy of teaching and of podcasting. And if you're unsure, listen to the rules of good studenting. Let me make two last points. My friend G. Kevin Dewey wrote the theme music for this podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Finally, as I mentioned, one of the things I missed most from teaching actual classes is getting feedback. If any of you have thoughtful feedback, you can send it to StocktonAfterClass at gmail.com. I check that about once a week. And as I always told my students about feedback, this will not affect your grade. Thanks for listening.